Welcome to Life Center Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and our church, visit lifecenternyc.com. Bill, your wife was bothering me during offering. <laughs> Tammy, you're amazing. I'm just kidding. I was I was telling her a story. Where's where's my where's my friend that took the offering? Yeah. Keith. The worst thing is when you're up there pouring out your heart and some punks on the front row just being like <laughs> I sincerely apologize. Um but I get the whole will thing a lot. I get the whole heart thing a lot. And then when Brave like when uh Braveheart came out, the William Wallace, William Hart, Braveheart. Uh, I can't go to a charismatic event without somebody giving me a word about Braveheart. <laughs> I had a, there's a prophet named, um, oh, what was her name? Gosh, she passed away. Jill yes, Jill Austin, just a legend. I was at a baggage claim in Mozambique. She was flying in, I was flying in. My wife was, was pregnant. She was like, what are you naming your son? Or your baby. It's a boy. We don't know. We're, we haven't figured it out. And just right there at the baggage game, she just goes, ah, brave heart, brave heart, will heart, lion's heart. And she goes, you're going to name him Lion. I like, no, I'm not. Like, I know you know God and stuff, but. And I've made fun of that for, well, 17 years. And then like a couple of months ago, uh, I had this thought. We named my son Joshua. The Lion of the Tribe of Judah. It's actually... (laughs) And you want to hear a funny story about that? We're in Mozambique, and uh, Chris Valentin is speaking at our school. And he was doing a night meeting at our tent. So we didn't have like a church, but it was a tent, like an old like circus tent type thing, but smaller. And my wife and I are getting ready to leave. And she was due like any moment. We still hadn't figured out a name. And I'm like, babe, we're not going to the meeting until we figure out a name. We're not. And she was like, we're late. And I was like, I don't care. We've been talking about this for like months. And we got like lists and things, but like, you could pop tonight. Like, we will come up with a name, and then we'll go to the meeting. So we go back and forth. And all all of our names, like, for our kids, we've never, like, really prayed about it, which I, I know sounds, like, weird, because, you, you, like, you should as, like, a minister, you know? <laughs> but everyone, like, the, my daughter Bella, the, the, the name, the, the idea came to me, like, I just want to call her beautiful every day of her life. Like, as a father. Like, that's the only thing I want to do. So it's not Isabella. It's like, Bella. Great. That was easy. I told that to my wife. My wife was like, yes. And I was like, okay, done. So that was my, my daughter. And then my, all my other kids, I just picked friends that I love. Like, that's, that's all that it is. Like, oh, I really love that friend. So I'm just going to, and I'm not like, I'm going to name him after you. Like, no, it's just like, that's a cool name. And they're my friend. And so... Joshua was our first, and 
And so we're going through all these names. And I was like, okay, Joshua, we go. We, we settle on it. We drive to the meeting. We walk in the back, and there's like, I don't know, 800 students and staff. And, and Chris is up doing his thing. And he turns to, to my wife and I in the back, and he's like, who are you guys? We're like, we're missionaries. And he's like, uh, you know, I can tell you're with child. And I was like, no, she's not, you jerk. No, I didn't say that. But, uh, uh, because that's always fun. Like, uh, it gets old. My wife doesn't like that after a little while. And, uh, and he, he, he was like, do you know what you're going to name your baby? And I was like, well, actually, uh, five minutes ago, uh, we picked the name. And uh, he said, it's a biblical name. I said, yep. I mean, but like, come on. He goes, he, he, will, he will walk with that and talk with that, and the walls are going to crumble down around him. And I was like, oh, okay. And, and what I love, what I love about that is, like, I'm sitting there arguing with my wife, and yet God's in it. Do you know what I'm saying? And he's, like, legit in that. He's, he was in, like, me being a jerk and being like, we're not doing this. He's like, we're going. I was like, no, we're not. And, uh, you know, boom, priest of the tabernacle. You got to do what I say, you know. Like, <laughs> I got a lot of marriage counseling under my belt since then. Um, but what I love about that is he's actually, like, just in it all. And so often we divide uh, the, the holy, unholy uh, but as I've, I've been to Israel, well, I went three times in 12 months, and I was there the day the war broke out. We were in Jerusalem. And um, what I love is I've been able to kind of get around the culture a little bit and have friends that are Jewish or Messianic. And as I've talked to them, different theology, they, they at least my friends, I don't know, I don't want to make like a statement, a theological statement, but at least my friends, they, they don't see any separation in their job, their calling, their faith. It's just all one thing. And I love that. I just absolutely love that. Because I think so often in, in, in Protestantism, Protestant, in our Protestant faith, we have like this switch. It's like, I'm in church, I'm out of church. Like, I'm doing ministry, I'm going down the streets, I'm not. And we do that so that we can like go in you know, to worship and praise and then go out. But as my wife went through cancer this last season, um, Hodgkin's, she's alive, by the way. Um, it's a good thing. Uh, wow, there's some people that didn't celebrate that. They're like, hmm. I just saw it. You got to do better than that. Uh, we're having a good time. Uh, we are. We're just having a great time today. I just know that. Just call those things that are not as though they are. Amen. You guys are all having like the best time of your life right now. <laughs> I, just, I just feel that. You can feel it. As I, as I, as I watch my wife waste away, sometimes it's easier to, to see the, the different seasons when you're in a tough one, right? But this idea of like in ministry, out of ministry, like in my job, out of my job, 
it just kind of melted away, all boundaries melted away because we're created in his image. The spirit, the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives in you, breathes in you, works in you, flows through you, moves through you, called you. There isn't like an on-off switch. So as I'm crushing up painkillers, giving them to my wife because she's crying out, like that's no different than me up here preaching and seeing the sick get healed. I'm not trying to make like a crazy philosophical theological statement, but either you're in him or you're not. The Bible says, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are Christ Jesus. But do you find sometimes you feel condemnation when you like, you're working your job or you're, you're being obedient, you're raising kids, you're, you're going to counseling, you're, whatever it is, you're going to Christmas with your family, you're, and you're like, and then you go to church, you go to ministry, and you're like, this is what I want to do. But it's like, he's literally in all of it. He's, he's alpha and omega. And I think, I think if I can maybe give you a picture of how I process just the, the, the infinite um, depth and mass of God, which even those words don't even begin to describe. He is, Jesus is, is the one who sits and says, bring the little children to me. But he's also the one with a sword in his mouth. Whose robes are stained in blood. And, and, and if you love him, then you need to love him as much as bring the little children to me. As much, you need to love him as much as the sword in his mouth. Because he's the same. And I find if, if people have a hard time, they only like one aspect of Jesus, then they'll have a harder time seeing him in everything that they do. But if you actually can understand that he is, he is God in Job, there's a, there's a, there's a verse in Job, uh, I forget which one it is, um, but it says, you know, they're going back and forth. And, and God's just sticking it to Job. I love it. He is. Read Job and like put a little, put a little stank on his words, you know? It, it's helpful. You put a little attitude on him. Like, oh, I'm sorry, Job. Were you there when I like, I just like spoke, you know? And like, boom, everything's there. Like, were you, were you there, big guy? Like he says that. And then as they're going back and forth, God says, I am the God that walks upon the wind and on the storm. I am the God. And you actually see Christ, Jesus Christ himself there. Why? Because later on in Matthew, how does he appear to the disciples when they're in their greatest fear? He comes walking on the wind and on the waves in the storm. And you see Christ. And I mean, the Bible's full of these connections, you actually see Christ in Job. You see God, the Father, saying, I'm going to show up there as well. In every, and I am literally, I'm not just here. I'm here and I'm there. And I'm in everything in between. When I buy my wife a gift and I spend way too much money, 
I'm doing it unto the king. And when, when I don't sleep for days on planes, holding dying babies, doing missions, whatever, whatever it is, feeding the sick, the poor, building churches, he's just as much there as he is with me sitting down and watching a movie that I have to fast forward through some of the parts of my kids. And I know I stretched it a little bit. I'm not saying he's the movie. He's, he's in that moment. I'm sorry. He's the father. I, you guys didn't like that analogy. But he's there. Why? Because I'm turning my heart of the father to the son, sons to the fathers, or else I'll strike the land with a curse. And sometimes you have to meet people where their hearts are at instead of telling them to come to you before you connect with them. And I'm not justifying it. I'm just connecting. Yeah, do you hear me? And that's as much God as going and doing missions. So it's the, it's the bring the children and the sword, right? And it's everything in between. I find most people struggle through their calling because they don't actually recognize that you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And if you're where you're supposed to be, then you're in the middle of your calling. And it's very dangerous when you destroy what you have in a desire for something that you feel out of condemnation or guilt. But if you can actually appreciate him where he is at, you, you actually fall in love with where he is today. And then in that point, he calls you to more. But most people destroy where they're at because they want to go to more. I deal with this constantly in the missions community, right? It's like, I want to become a missionary so I can be used by God, which what they're saying is I'm not being used by God. Or they feel like if I go there, then I'll reach a level of holiness. I'll pray every day. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll read the Bible. No, no, no. It actually gets worse when you go. It actually, you, it actually gets worse when you go. Oh, but I'm not doing what I should be doing. Well, that's not on God. Like, fix it. Do something. Fast, pray, seek his face where you're at. Okay, never mind. Uh, I'm going to do my best to end on time-ish today. Um, I'm going to just... Because I love, I love these guys. They're like, you can go as long as you want. That's not good. Um, it's, it's not. It's actually very dangerous. So I'm going to just set a quick timer here, because I, if not, I will. It's not good. Okay. I'm going to try to go as fast as I can, because it's Sunday, and you guys have pot roast. Or, do you guys do pot roast? I don't either. I don't, I, don't, I don't know who invented that. Pot roast is gross. I'd rather have Indian food. God, we're going to be eating Indian food in heaven. Do you know that? Duh. Can I get an amen? I don't know if you know this, but that's what we're going to be eating in heaven. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I love you. Father, I just thank you that we're here uh, in this incredible place. We love you, Lord. We give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor, all the power. Lord, I ask that you would just help me today be concise and clear. 
Lord, that I uh, wouldn't go down rabbit trails, um, but I can really convey what I feel like is on your heart for the ones in this room today. And Holy Spirit, you know me. Uh, you know me. You know my heart. I don't ask for much, but I do ask here in this place that just feels so much like home. Um, Holy Spirit, would you invade this message? Would you do whatever you want to do, God? Um, in Jesus' name. Amen. If the Holy Spirit touches you while I'm sharing, um, please, uh, Jesus said, I can only do what I see the Father doing. So if you feel the Holy Spirit touching you in some way, um, beyond just like, ooh, I feel love in my right ear, whatever, you know, like sometimes people get weird. Like, But if he's doing something in your heart, um, I just want you to stand, and I want to bless it, and you can sit right back down. He said, I can only do what I see the Father doing. And if the Father's doing something for me, I want to run at that, okay? So it'll be super quick. And I got tons of ADD, so I can handle it, okay? I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you. I bless you, sweet girl, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. What's that? You're the best. She's like, manifest. I love that. I love a good manifestation. What's your name? Father, I just thank you for Claudia. We have a bobcat uh, on our property. I named her Claudia. I'm not joking. I'm not, I'm not joking. Uh, and she makes, she makes about four kittens every year. I mean, you know they can, like, kill a child. But, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. We only see her when the little children are out playing outside. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, she was assigned to a piece of property that I was supposed to buy, or, and I'm still waiting on. Uh, we drove up to this abandoned house, mansion, in the peak of the real estate um, explosion in Franklin. It was abandoned. And uh, as I'm driving up, I see Claudia walk across this driveway. It's on five acres on a hill. Uh, it's on the top of the hill, one of the highest peaks in Franklin, Tennessee. And then I, I, I keep pulling up into the middle of the driveway, and there's a 10-point there's a buck standing in the center of the driveway. And I wanted to shoot it. But I didn't, because I didn't, I couldn't. I'm a hunter. Don't worry, I eat everything. Come on. It's like vegan. It's not vegan. It's like all natural, organic, whatever. <laughs> you can hate me, but don't eat meat. Uh, and uh, a few months later, Claudia, um, we got a word from a prophet that I really respect. I'm, this, I said, God, don't let me go on rabbit trails, but this is a good one. We get a word from a prophet. Now, when I say the word prophet, some of you guys, it, I can feel it. You're like, you know, why? Because like presidents, I, I don't mind talking about it for a second. It's gross. It's gross. So when I say prophet, some of you guys, you've, You know, just because people mishandle doesn't mean that it's not God. The Bible is very clear that 
that there will be false, that there will be deceiving, right? And I'm not calling those people false or deceivers. What I'm saying is like people go through seasons and also pride, wanting to be known. You know, just imagine what you struggle with and then stick you on a camera and people saying, what's going to happen? I'm not justifying it. What I'm saying is, as I said the prophetic, I just felt it in the room. Heidi gave, give, gives a word all the time, and I hate it. It's, it's the worst word. It's the worst. I hate this word. It's very awkward. It's a very, very, very awkward word. Here's the word that she gives. I'm going to wrap all this together. She gets up at churches. I've heard her do about five, six times over the years. She got it first in Australia at a ministry called Rice Ministries in Australia. This isn't my ministry. I didn't name it, but it's an Asian ministry called Rice. Okay? I didn't. This is the, They named it that. I'm just, don't worry. It's all good. Whatever. I'm just telling you a story. I didn't pick this. I just, I'm telling you. It's called Rice. And they're an amazing movement. Amazing movement. Has anybody ever heard of it? Rice movement? Yeah. Incredible movement. I know the, the, the leaders. And she goes there years ago. And she gives this word. She goes, the Asian eagles are arising. And then, what I don't like about it, is she goes, Right? 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 And she like makes an eagle noise. Is this being recorded? I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you a story and then I'm gonna get in the scripture. So I've heard her give this word a couple of times, right? I, I have. And every time I've heard her give it, I cringe. And I know her, and I know her heart, and I trust her. I've watched her run into war zones. I've watched her plant churches in the poorest of the poor. She's literally lived in a war zone for the last seven years, has not left. I've watched her uh, uh, every single deaf Makua or Makandi person that she's prayed for. I've, they 100% get healed every time. I've never seen her not pray for someone in the Makua and the Makandi tribes where the deaf ears haven't opened up. Never, not once, have I ever seen one leave without being healed. I've seen entire villages come to the Lord. And then, right, I have Mama, who I run with, gets up and goes, And I go, ooh, that's not smart. Is that racist? So amongst our staff and amongst our team, it becomes a joke. I'm, I'm a, I, actually, this, this is a word I need you to hear. It became a joke, right? So we have a staff party one year. And I go down to Costco. And she's in Mozambique, and I'm with the staff in the States. And, and uh, it, we do games and parties. And I go, OK, for the cake, you know, for dessert, uh, I'm going to put Asian eagles arise on it, OK? Because it's an in-house thing. 
and we all like joke. So I get a call from Costco the next day. Uh, sir, uh, I'm sorry, but like my cake decorator is Asian and you need to, and I'm like, oh, I'm so, oh no, this is like my fear. And I was like, listen, it's just like a staff thing and I explained it and they were like, you sound insane. I was like, no, we love, like it's just like a team thing and they're like, we're not doing it. I was like, you don't have to, I apologize, I'm super sorry. Like, I was getting ready, we were dividing up, this is years later, so this like goes on for years. I'm getting ready to do an, uh, an all Iris gathering. We bring all of our missionaries from all over the globe together. And we're gonna divide them up into teams. And so like, we have like laid down lover team, cause that's like something Heidi says, right? Like team stop for the one, right? And I was like, team Asian Eagle, right? Cause it's like known. Like I made jackets for our staff with like a big picture of an eagle on it in the back, like a big thing. And uh, you know, stop for the one. Like it's so much a part of our culture, right? Because we're a family, right? Come on, like, don't look at me like I'm weird. Don't judge me. I'll start calling out things I see in the spirit. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Cause I'm a prophet, you know, like, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Like just chill, just stay with me. Man, you guys making me feel awkward up here. Like, you know, I've been doing this 24 years, right? I, I, I know when to I cross boundaries. Just stay with me. So we're getting on, I bring in a prophet. I bring in prophets every January to come and minister to the team. And when I say that, these are people that I've run with for a long time, like some of my best, best, best friends that I trust. And I had a new guy on this year, somebody that I've been running with. He has a church in Boston. His name's Julian Adams. I highly recommend you bringing him in. He's one of the greatest ones. So like Julian Dave Wagner. And Julian comes in for the first time. And it was the only time that Heidi's ever zoomed into one of these calls. I have staff all over America. So she's on, and Julian's on. He's never been around us, never been around our ministry. First time. He starts sharing a story. He says, God, he's going to do stuff around property, and crazy animal signs are going to follow this property, Claudia. <laughs> like, we named her. She has kittens. I can get eight feet from Claudia, and she doesn't run away. She's totally wild. She comes and walks and hangs on her doorstep. And then she'll disappear for like three months. It's the craziest thing. Crazy animal signs. That's what he says. Super weird. And like, I don't want a prophetic weird word. Like, I want something that I can be like. And then he goes, he goes, I was just in Maine. I was just in Maine. And I was, I was reading the newspaper before I went to this church. Actually, I was watching the news. And up on the news there was a report of a rare Asian eagle sighted off the coast of Massachusetts. And I'm sitting there on a Zoom call, I look at my sister, who's one of our leaders, and I go, did he just say Asian eagle? And she was like, I, I think he might have, I don't know. And Heidi's there on the, on the call going, whoa, like she's in it, she's in it. She's in it, okay? She's like, bah! first time she's ever been on a call. I've been doing this like years, three times to four times in January. First time she's ever on a call. Whoa. And then like, he keeps on sharing and he's just talking like this. He's just saying, he's just going, and then this, and then God's going to do this. And then he goes, oh. 
yeah, it just reminds me of that news article I saw about rare, a rare Asian eagle. And at that point, I was like, stop. Because right before I got in the, in the meeting, I showed my sister the, the, the badge that we were going to put on T-shirts. It's like Asian eagles arise, right? And I'm like, bro, you need to know like what you're saying. And I didn't believe him. So I went and looked it up. Every news, like C CNN, Fox, all of them, like they all had an article about this. And it was this, Asi this Asian eagle landed on the coast of Massachusetts, where I'm from. I'm born, born in Gloucester, Massachusetts. It was like right next door on the coast. Never been spotted before. And here's what it did. Here's what it did to me. I've never been hit with a prophetic word that, that, that struck me on three levels. I have been in Bob Jones's house. I knew Paul Kane personally. I have seen the best. I've watched people call out, get names and addresses. And I have a friend that got the president's phone number and would call him and I would be there when Michelle would call. I was there, I would sit next to him. Like there are levels in this thing. I had never in all of my life ever been hit like that by a prophetic word. It hit me, bang. Here's what it did. Number one, it confirmed how anointed and called Heidi was. Two, it humbled me. Because what I see as silly or what I see as immature, God holds valuable, holy, and sacred. Three, three, it talked, it spoke to all of, I've never shared this anywhere before. I got a word for you, and I'm going to get in the word in two minutes. I bless you, bro. In the name of Jesus, come. Fall on him, precious Holy Spirit. Lord, let him be a beacon of light to his family and his friends. And I saw you going into places that the church is scared to go. And I felt like the Lord was saying, watch what I do in meetings. Not just church meetings, but watch what I do as you go and gather with the broken. And I, and I felt like I, I saw you just sitting there with broken men and women. And I felt like the Lord's going to use you to speak just such life and, and, and joy in the midst of suffering. Bro, you know, what it, you know what it is to drink from the cup of joy and suffering. So, Father, I ask you to just increase. In Jesus' name, more, Lord. And so, third, the entire staff. It, it, it reaffirmed that our leaders not only hear the Lord, but have no fear of man. And it brought a holy fear. Not that we didn't honor her, but it just was like God going, be careful. Do not make what is sacred unsacred. Now, we joke around. I'm from Massachusetts. I grew up on The Simpsons. I can find anything funny. Like, I literally can make fun of anything. And there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, watch your heart. Because even as we were joking, we're chiseling away at something. And we need to be very careful. I've never had a word in all my years hit me so deep. I shook for three days. I trembled. And here's what it caused me to do. Repent. Repent, 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 repent. 
I want to speak about this for a minute. I think at the core, I bless you in the name of Jesus, come Holy Spirit. I think at the core, we see men and women of God, and they, they fail, they fall, they misstep. They, they walk up to you at a baggage claim and go, your son's going to be named Lion. And I go, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. No. And my wife and I are in agreement. And then we name him after the Lion of the tribe of Judah. You're like, Will, that's a stretch. Yeah, but it's not. We have to be very careful with what we judge. And and the older I get and the more I'm around our movement, the slower I am to point a finger at anyone except myself. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Now, the Bible's very clear. We're called to hold a standard, and there are things, like I'm not saying no to any of that. I love it. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you in the name of Jesus. But if you have a hard time with like, oh, there's a whole nother even level to this. What Heidi didn't know is that prophet guy, after I got on the phone, I was like, tell me if you know anything about what I'm talking about. He goes, I'm sorry, Will, I don't know. But when I saw Heidi on there, that image came. And then he goes, I remember this place in Australia that I brought from a non-spirit-filled movement, and I gave them a word that brought them into a spirit-filled movement. And I go, what was the name of the movement? He goes, Rice. And that was the first place that Heidi gave that word. We can be so quick to judge. And as a leader, I am actually called to judge. But what, I, what I'm saying is there is a tension. It, it, it's like what I was saying in the beginning, the holy and the unholy, the, like what is the calling and what is my life. Like, like it's all his. And if we just put a specific value on what the anointing looks like, on what the prophetic looks like, it, 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 we, we, we take this crazy mystery out of the God of the universe who spoke everything into creation and then put you on this planet, wrote your name in the book of life, put you on this planet to do something for the kingdom, whether you figured it out or not, put you here with a plan and a purpose, and no one else can do it except you. And even if that plan is, I'm going to raise my one child up in fear of the Lord, or I'm going to serve my husband, or I'm going to serve my wife, or every Wednesday, I'm going to make sandwiches and bring them down to the street corner and show love to that one person that is holy. That is holy. Come on. Somebody, you get it, brother. You hear me? That's holy. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you. I bless you in the name of Jesus. We need to be very careful. 
I want to read to you today out of 1 John. Oh my gosh. 1 John chapter 2, verse 12. Oh, if you got your Bible, open it up. And I want you to take a look at it, especially if it's a paper Bible. If you're using an electronic, you need, you need the Lord in your life. Okay? The Bible says this is a sword. I don't want anything that carries pornography. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, I want to get it from, this is just, that's me. Never mind, just ignore me. Here we go. I just want, I want this. And there's something about it. I, I actually preached from my phone the last service, so I'm not making a big statement. But, but if, you, if you have it in, in, in paper form, it might even have it on your device. If you look at 1 John chapter 2, um, 12 through 14, it's actually, it looks different than the rest. It's actually a different format. And just a little uh, Bible study thing. When you come across that in the middle of a verse or in the middle of a chapter, most of the time it's because uh, it's set apart as a song or a poem or like a limerick, okay? And why they did this was because they, this was preached publicly, right? John, most, most scholars believe that actually John wrote this. Some don't. You're like, it says First John. I, I know, but it's still up for grabs on who actually wrote this. But let's just say John, okay? They would, they would get up and share, and, and, in, and in 1 John, basically, the gist of it is, like, be careful. Don't fall into heresy. Watch yourself. Watch what you're taking in. Uh, just, just be careful and pursue what is greater. And then you see, you see this little blip, and it's, it's written differently, and it's because... They would, they would say these things and write these things so that we could memorize them. And so you'd be like walking down the street and like this thing. And, and, and so this is like a condensed version of the message that he's, that, that he's sharing. So let's look at it like that. Like John wants you to remember this. Okay? Here's what it says. I write to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of my name. This is just a banger, by the way. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who's from the beginning. I write to you, young men. By the way, this isn't about dudes. This is about ages. I write to you, young men, because you've overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you've known the father. I write to you, fathers, because you've known him who's from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you're strong. The word of God lives in you. And... You've overcome the evil one. You're like, why the heck should I memorize that? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because my brain doesn't work like a normal person's, I actually had to write this out. Because you see three stages here. You see children, young men, and fathers. Okay? Early, middle, end. You see three seasons, and I want to, encourage all of you, you are in one of those three seasons. What you're seeing, in my opinion, and I've reached out 
to a couple of scholars, Dr. Craig Keener being one of them from Asbury, as I've read through commentaries and as I've studied this, this really is a map on a Christian life. It can be looked at that. So let's take a look at the first stage and we'll do this in order. Are you ready? You guys with me still? I bless you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Children, here's what it says about you. Your sins are forgiven on account of his name and you've known the father and you've known the father. That's what it says about children. It says it twice. You've known the father twice. Sins have been forgiven. Here's what it says about young men. Young men, you've overcome the evil one. You've overcome the evil one. It says it twice. You're strong. And the word of God lives in you. Here's what it says about fathers. It says it twice. Each one has something it says twice. With fathers, the only thing is this. And it says this twice. You've known him who's from the beginning. You've known him who's from the beginning. I got three sections here. Uh, I'm going to call you guys the young, the young section, okay? Right? I'm going to call you the young men, right? All right? Children, young men, and then we got the uh, blue-haired beauties over here, right? Okay? We'll do the... Maybe we should, let's do the older section right here. Okay, so we got, we got children... <laughs> We got young men, and we got, uh, you know, the wisdom years, okay? Children, children, here's what it says about you. Here's what it says about you. Your sins have been forgiven, and you've met the Father, okay? This is the first stage of your Christian walk. This is the first stage uh, when you meet him. Like, you ever get around a new believer, they're like, bro, the lamb, he was slain for me. He was slain for me. Do you know that? Do you know Jesus? Do you know him? I know him. I met him. I'm going to go out and do some evangelism. You want to come? What are you doing tonight? Oh, you're going to be with your kids? Well, people are dying and they need Jesus. So you do what you want to do. Right? Right? Do you remember when you met him? Come on. This is beautiful. Do you remember when you met him? You were like, ooh, I got to give this love away. I got to give this love away. And you're like, and everybody comes up and gives you a word at church. And they're like, you're going to be an evangelist. You're like, I am. Too late. Right? Like, you'll go anywhere. You'll do anything. Right? Why? Because your sins have been forgiven. Do you know that you need to be rooted in that? Do you know that you have to be rooted in that? And you're rooted in that because his blood washed it away. Man, that is an exciting, that's like a zeal time, right? You ever get around a new believer and you're like, give it a couple of years, bro. <laughs> right? They're like fresh out of the baptismal and they come up to like the person at church who's like sad. They've been there 20 years and they're like, Do you, what's wrong? You need to get saved again and again. You need to get baptized again because you don't feel like me. And they're like, what's wrong with you? You're like, <laughs> they're like, my husband left me, and uh, uh, I got two kids I'm feeding. Yeah, do you love Jesus? Oh, I love him, but I've seen some things. And like, bro, you need to get saved again and again, you know? Those young evangelists coming to church, and they're like, do you love him? Like, I was one of them, and I still am, right? And everybody's like, okay, you've only been in ministry like three years. Like, you ever meet someone that just got married? Jamie Galloway, good friend of mine. I saw his book on the back shelf. 
Jamie Galloway's first message after he got married, he goes to a church. I saw the video because I didn't believe it. He gets up. It's a week after his honeymoon. And he goes, I have the secret to marriage. Everyone that's married in here. And he's just dead serious. He's like, all you got to do is just make out with your wife. And it's good. He was like, that's the secret? He's like, you're welcome. And he meant it. Like, he literally meant it. He was like, I have the solution that God has given me. And all it is is you just got to make out with your wife. Everything melts away. What I love about that is not what he said. is that he had the audacity to say that. Right? And he's like so in it that he can't see anything else. That's a child. That's a baby. Is it important? A hundred flipping percent. You have to have that. A hundred percent. You have to have that. If you don't, I would question what you actually carry. Because when he changes you, something changes. I was lost, now I'm found, and all you want to do is tell everybody about it. I love that. The issue is when you get around... When you get around these guys, the young men, right, who in obedience started a business that went bankrupt, and their whole marriage is falling apart, and they're starting to question, did I ever hear God? And you're like, get saved. You know, they're like, come on, Jesus, let's go to the prayer meeting. You're like, dude, I started the prayer place. Like, I actually built that. It was my idea 15 years ago. And usually what ends up happening, come on, stay with me. Stay with me. And usually what ends up happening is they start to despise the children. Or, even worse, they, it, they, they, they leak their, their junk onto them. You don't know God the way that I do. And we try to be a blanket, calm down, slow down. It's going to get you in trouble. And they're all off just like giving people prophetic words about butterflies and like, <laughs> I saw four chameleons and an eagle like eat a grain of rice. And they're like, and I know you know what that means. And if you don't, you need to pray more. And they just walk away. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like that's this season. And then they like go home, fall on their face and like, I heard you today. Thank you, Lord. You know, you're like, you're delusional. You're not. You're growing. You're full of zeal. You're full of fire. And it makes the passive upset. But you guys can judge these guys. but you don't know what it is to pay a price yet. Young men, here's what, it, here's what the, the Bible says about you guys. Come on, I freaking love this. You have overcome the evil one. Twice. You, you guys have overcome the evil one. 
You've overcome him. What does that mean? You've seen some crap. You've had a bunch come against you. You've lost a parent. You've lost a job. You've been accused. You've been attacked. You've fallen. You've fallen again. And you freaking got in the word. It says the word of God lives in you. And you spent your days studying in the midst of feeling absent, in the midst of not having that zeal. You just were like, I'm going to go in the word and I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight. And I might have a couple of bruises and scrapes and scars. Oh, I got to, don't say bad words, Will, don't say bad words. But yeah, I freaking survived. I overcame. And I actually am deeper in love with my wife. I'm deeper in love with my husband. Why? Because we've seen some stuff. We've been through some stuff. And I got the word deep inside of me. I got it deep. And it actually means something now. When I say, now, now, when I say worthy is the lamb, tears stream down my face. Because I I remember when I used to say it, because I I was just thinking of a sacrifice on a cross. Now, I have the sacrifice on the cross. And I have Jesus himself, the lamb, who came to me and wrapped his arms around me when I was in peril. When I lost everything, when I lost my job, he's worthy. And it means something. It means something. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Dude, I bless you in the name of Jesus. What's your name? Yeah. Myron? Lift your hands, man. Myron, I felt like the Lord says, gone are the days of hopping. Gone are the days of hopping. It's not going to be a hop. It's going to be a ride. And I felt like the Lord wants you to know he's done with a season of like homelessness. He's done with a season of not putting roots. And as a sign that what I'm saying is true, uh, I saw, I saw you going on, I want to say tour, but it's like a trip. And I felt like it was a, what I saw was a bus. And it was going to be a home. And it was going to be a home. And I felt like the hopping was you'd stay anywhere. Because you didn't have any finance. But I felt like the Lord was saying, watch as I break out. And as I begin to pour out finance in this next season. And and then I saw you designing, and I felt like there was something about design around this. And I saw these garments, and it was almost like garments of praise he was putting over you and in you. But it wasn't under a steeple. It wasn't under a steeple. It was where no 
no people that go to a steeple would set foot in. I felt like you severed a tie in this last season of family that was like, it was like they were trying to cut off. And I felt like, man, I felt like they, I felt like they wanted your heart for all the wrong reasons. And I don't know if it's something that you were going to make family, but I felt like they wanted your heart for all the wrong reasons. And I just felt like the Lord was saying, I felt like the Lord was saying that you haven't missed him. Just one more thing. I saw Florida open up over you. And I felt like even as you're here on the East Coast, I felt like it was just going to be coast to coast. And a sign that what I'm saying is true. It's a sign that what I'm saying is true. I saw you signing on the dotted line. But as you were signing, I saw you pull out a micro, like a, a magnifying glass. And I felt like the Lord wants you to know that, that you, to stop saying you don't know how to read these things, stop saying you don't understand these things, and trust the voice of God to reveal it. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. I give you praise. I give you praise. I give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. I give you praise. I give you praise. I give you praise. I give you praise. Thank you, Lord. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Oh, Tammy. You're, you need to be praying for me, girl. You're incredible. I'm about to end-ish. You've overcome the evil one. You've overcome the evil one. And here's what the promise is about this season. You become strong. And you're strong. Why? Because the word of God lives inside of you. There's something about going through. Even I, I listened to a pastor. His family was chopped up. They, t they took his, uh, his daughter's... Uh, liver for cannibalistic cannibalistic acts are you leaving bro i don't even know what you just said god says stay in this room no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding i'm just kidding i feel like he just talked to you but okay i'm just kidding i'm just being stupid guys it was a father uh, two of his children were missing, five and seven, and the nine-year-old was chopped up. They took his, they took his or her liver um, to consume. His wife was taken, and they hadn't seen their kids. This is this is our pastors. I got a call yesterday that three of our churches were burned down, 
and, and uh, two wives kidnapped. They get put in the trade in amongst the rebels. They just get passed around. And I asked him, this is a different pastor of different churches, but I asked him, he's one of ours. I said, what, how do you get through that? And uh, he said, you can burn my home, you can burn my food, you can't burn Jesus out of me. And then he said this, there's a verse. He said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, as he's walking past piles of his neighbors, and he, he made it out. His kids didn't. It was just piles of bodies in his home, in his village. He says as he was walking by, picking up the pieces of his child, he said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Your rod, your staff, they come for me. And then he said this, we were eating lunch. He said, you prepare a table before me. He said, look, we just had chicken. How can he not be good? And he said, my cup overflows. I bless you. My cup overflows. And we worshiped. I've never been more offended. Why? Because I've been walking with him for 22, 23 years up to that point. And I go around, people go, you have so much faith. You hear God. I don't know God. The way that he knows God, I don't, I don't know him. My wife gets cancer, and I don't want to compare. And I'm like a mess for a year. And she survived. She's in Nashville, literally the number one doctor of recurring Hodgkin's lymphoma in the world like top two or three in the in the globe is taking care of my wife and I just complain there are places in God as you grow but see that zeal from children is is no different than the zeal in that pastor and that word of God in, in young men is no different than what's in that pastor. And here's the thing. He knows him who's from the beginning. And that's the promise about becoming a father and a mother. That you know him. When you guys are having a hard day or like maybe like the, the children, and you go up to a father and mother in the faith and you look at them and you're like, how are you? You're like, well, I love God. And they're just, Shokarobabo. and you're like, you know, maybe you're in this season. And you're like, I need, I, need, I need some wisdom. My wife hates me. I feel like my life's falling apart. I, I saw a TikTok that said I got three personalities. And I, and I, and I, think, I think they got half of them. And they're like, what do I do? I, I want to leave my wife. And I hate my kids. And they're like, let's just pray in tongues. And you're like, no! I don't want that! That's not what I want! And you get around them. You get around Heidi, and I'm like, Heidi, we literally have pastors who are dying. 
you're living there. Like, you need to leave. And they're coming. They hit us 20 kilometers away two nights ago. Burnt down three of our churches. I bless you in the name of Jesus. You're the head of this ministry. I can't handle this. You need to go to safety. Oh, silly Will. You just need to pray more. No, I have wisdom. Listen to me, girl. I've been doing this with you for a long time. Oh, you just need to pray more. Heidi, I just finished a 40-day fast. I can't pray more. I'm skinny. Move. Heidi, at least take an armed guard. Only if they don't have ammunition. And I'm sitting there, and here's the danger. Here's the danger. I bless you in the name of Jesus. This generation and this generation listens to this generation. And we go, you have no idea what you're talking about. You've lost your mind. It's falling apart. The city's falling apart. COVID, whatever it is, like uh, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. And you go up to mothers and fathers and you're like, what are we doing? We're like, we're going to fall on our faces. Yeah, but the, it's shutting down. Like, do you know that there's another election? <laughs> what do we do? And they're like, whoa, <laughs> just be in his presence. No, no, no. Y'all need to listen to me right now. You need to listen. It's insanity to think that as a child and as a young man that we understand what it is to know him who's from the beginning. This isn't an age thing. This is a maturity thing. But you ever get around somebody? You ever get around a father or mother in the faith and like they've been doing this a while with him? And you're like, help me, help me, help me. And they like break out a bottle of oil. Start rubbing it in your forehead. They gave you some Bible verse that means like nothing. Right? You're like, that's talking about like wheat and seraphim. That's not helping me. How about a proverb? <laughs> and what, what this generation doesn't understand, are, are you guys okay? Yeah. What this generation doesn't understand is that they were once here, and then they were once here, and now that they're here, they're actually giving you the right answer. On the back of my, my sweatshirt, I have our five core values. I, I'm just going to go five more minutes. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Are you, are you guys okay if I just go five more minutes? I, I have our core values. Here's the first core value. This is the most important one that we have at Iris. We have the ability to find God. 
the heck does that mean? What does that even mean? We, we have the ability not just to seek him, but to find him. That's our number one core value. We're totally dependent on miracles. That's our second one. Seem, seems deep and profound, right? Come on. These seem deep. As I have gone through my little life cycle, and I don't know where I'm at on this journey, but I have a, as I have gone through this life cycle, the older I get, the more I stand on the shoulders of giants, the more I see, one, how little I know, two, how we have the ability to know him and find him is the most important thing in life. See, when I came into Iris, my job was to clean it up. Why? Because I got favor. I understand a generation. So I hopped in. I said, I'm going to change two things. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. I was going to change two things. Website. And I was going to start conferences. Why? Because we're going to become irrelevant. Makes sense. Right? Come on. Right? If you go on our website right now, it's the same as it's been for the last nine years. Exact same. I hate it. Why? Because I went to Heidi and Rollin, and I said, I want to change it. And they said, no. I said, well, why? It doesn't make sense. We're going to lose people. Nobody likes it. It looks like a big old turd. Like, it's not, no, you can't find anything on it. It doesn't make sense. It's confusing. And they said, we love our web designer. He's a son. I don't care. The son's not paying the bills. We're paying him. It took me six years, seven years to become at peace with that. And what's the value? He's a son. And for whatever reason, mom and dad said that's valuable. That's more valuable than you think relevancy is. And the older I get, now that I have kids, I agree. At the core of that statement, what I'm saying is this. It's more important how I strategize than over loving a person. You have no authority where you don't have love. Yeah, but Will, you don't get it. <laughs> Can I just tell you one more thing? I need $30,000 a day to come in supernaturally. I'll say it again. And here, here's the thing. Nobody believes me. I'll make a statement like that, and people go, yeah, but what's the shtick? What's the strategy? What's the thing? There has to be a thing. Where's the catch? There is no catch. I need $30,000 a day to come in supernaturally. We're not allowed to ask anyone for a penny. We're not allowed to hint. And the only reason I even feel comfortable to share this is because I'm amongst family. Well, well, Will, you must do like a dinner. Nope. Well, 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 you must like really like, you know, rub shoulders with wealthy people. We rub shoulders with everyone. Well, you must have something. There must, oh, you must be like applying for grants. No, we tried that. It didn't work. 
oh, well, you must need a better grant writer. We've tried that. They don't work. <laughs> See, the second one on our, on our thing is we're entirely dependent on, the mir on miracles. Will, it says in the Bible that Paul took up an offering. I know. Mom and dad said no. And they've known him who's from the beginning. And so what, what is my job? To honor them. Why? Because I'm somewhere in here and maybe over here. And I actually want to get the word of God deep. You want to know how it goes deep inside of me? You want to know why I have faith? Because I've watched God do it over and over again. The moment I'm firing people, the moment I literally have the list in my hand because I have to let them go because we cannot pay another bill. I cannot. And if I keep them on, it's going to become illegal. And I got HR yelling at me. And I have staff going, this is unhealthy as an organization. And I'm sitting there going, I live in between these two worlds. Stay with me. Stay with me. And God, you better show up. And I go to the first. God, I have to find you. I need you. I don't need strategy. I don't need people. I don't need money. I need you. I need you. I don't need anything else. I don't need a better church. I don't need a bigger church. I don't need more influence. All I need is you. I just need 100% all of you. And as soon as I take my eyes off that and I put it on a website and I put it on a number, I've made my faith into something that is not you. And I'm going to call Heidi to fire six people. And these are people that work with us for 10 years. And I'm weeping. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you in the name of Jesus. And as I go to call to fire these people, text message comes in. I need $210,000 just to get through the week. Check $210,000. From a televangelist that all of you know, that had never given, that I made fun of publicly. With a handwritten letter, We've, my wife and I have been watching your ministry. And the Lord told us a couple of weeks ago to send this check. We, we, we forgot it. I hope it wasn't late. I'll tell you all who it was. It was Kenneth Copeland. I don't agree with him on some stuff, but can I tell you something? That man hears God. And I got convicted. I repented. I grew in my faith. I went from being here to here. I took ownership. And I had battle. I had victory in the middle of the battle. You have to overcome. Okay? Two things I want to say, and here are some dangers. The danger of being a child is your sins are forgiven. You've understood grace. You've met the Father. Grace will actually be the thing that takes you out. Greasy grace will be the thing that takes you out of this season. I love God but I drink a little. I hope you hear what I'm saying, not what I'm not saying. The danger 
of overcoming, becoming a young man and a young woman is quit. You just quit. Quit marriage, quit faith, quit church. One of the first things I see is people leave. Call it whatever you want. You put a fancy term like deconstructing on it. Put whatever you want on it. You quit. For fathers, passion, hunger, reminiscing is actually one of the most dangerous things for fathers and mothers in the faith. Reminiscing is insanely dangerous. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Here's what reminiscing does. It goes, I'm not happy with where I'm at. I wish I could go back. I know him. We've had victories. I'm there. But all I want is Toronto again. All I want is where I was at when I had kids in the house, and I don't have them anymore. And we reminisce over what was and not what is to come. It doesn't matter what season you're in. Here's the beauty of all of this. God's in it. He's in it. And you're in this thing for the long haul. The Bible says an inheritance gained hastily in the beginning will falter in the end. You're in this thing for the long haul. And here's the prize. Here's the prize. The Bible says you get to know him who is from the beginning. You know, before everything existed, your life, your calling, your anointing, your prophetic words, your this, your that, your destiny, you know that there was nothing except God. And he says, in the beginning, the Bible says that as you walk this life out, you actually get to a place where you get to know him in a way that you never knew him here or there. And that's the beauty of this life. And do not look at it as, as sacred and unsacred. It's all given to him. I break any lie that says you're that you're just living in trial now in the name of Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to come as I've gone way too over. Actually, I haven't. No, I have. I apologize. I, Father, I just thank you, God. I thank you for this church. Lord, I thank you for a house of vision and new beginnings. And I dare you, I dare you to step in to a new season. It's very dangerous when we have opinions about things that we didn't pay a price for. 
And here's what I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying. You're, you're going to be invited. You're about to be invited into a shift, a seasonal shift. And what's rested on the shoulders of a few, he's asking for more shoulders. Why? Because what he has started with, if this thing was going to die, it would have died already. Life Center. If this church was going to die, it would have died already. I'm telling you, the Lord is increasing. The Lord is increasing. So in every season, in every season, he's not looking for passivity. He's looking for ownership. One that you're going to go, I'm going to run the race. I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm all in. Iron sharpens iron. Correction. Celebration, weddings, birthdays, funerals, and everything in between. I am in this thing. I'm in. I'm in. I'm all in. I am all in. Because we're here because people were all in. Fathers that knew him who was from the beginning. And mothers. Okay? It's easy to have opinions about the woman who screams Asian Eagle. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, if I could have a tenth of what she has, I'll be the happiest man in the world. I give you praise. Come, Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit's touching you, uh, normally I just like pray for the sick and stuff, but this is a weird transition for me. I don't normally speak this message. I've, I've shared it just a couple of times, so I don't know how to transition into ministry from here. Okay? But if the Holy Spirit's doing something, I just want you to stand. We hope you enjoyed the message. You can also follow us on Instagram at Life Center NYC or YouTube at Life Center Church NYC.